Mark Cox is not just a martial arts master, he's a master of life. He has trained for 40 years and has mentored over 700 black belts in his renowned martial arts schools across the country. Mark takes his own unique perspective on philosophy. He teaches with stories of grit, humor, and realism, guiding individuals of all ages towards a goal. He is currently a best-selling author and a motivational speaker. Mark, whenever I hear martial arts, I think of Jackie Chan, I think of Bruce Lee, I think of Chuck Norris. Are they martial arts master or are they a different kind of martial art? Well, I think they're for sure martial arts masters, but I think when you talk about martial arts, right, who first comes to mind? Bruce Lee comes to mind, Chuck Norris comes to mind, Jackie Chan, and because it is just the excitement of it, anything they do is, you know, the the movement, even if it doesn't look practical, just their athleticism uh, and everything else. The storyline can, can not even be good, but they themselves make what the, what it is because we're really there to watch them you know fight do their moves and stuff like that so for sure it's what got us started too back when i started my school you know the karate kid had just came out so that's where it that's where a lot of you know a lot of things happened there in the so karate kids what's the movie that inspired you to become a martial arts master well, I think I've always been into the movies. I've been always into the martial arts movies for sure. Chuck Norris is especially, you know, he had all his in in the 80s and Breaker Breaker and all these kind of B-rated karate movies. I just was always into them. And how I personally got started was my brother. My brother was getting, I'm, I'm eight years older than my brother and he was getting ready to go to high school and he was a little bit nervous. So he wanted to take martial arts lessons and my parents signed him up and he came home from a week of lessons and I'm a lot bigger than my brother. And he goes, we, we worked on bear hugs today, Mark. And I said, you did. And I picked him up in this bear hug. And then he took the back of his head and slipped back and headbutted me right in the nose. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 this is not this. And that's how I actually got started actually taking classes. So I've always oh. wanted it, but my brother's the one that forced it. Oh, wow. That's certainly quite an adventure. But would you practice these stuntman moves, these uh, movie moves, these Chuck Norris moves in a real-life situation? Well, I think that, I think in our mind we play that the movies is going to, it's going to happen like that on the street, right? So we say to ourselves, uh, you know, the noon chucks and all the stuff that we do or all these flying kicks. But the reality is there's reality self-defense and there's movies. And what looks like in the movies may even get you hurt on the street because people that are doing real violence, you need to answer it with real stuff that's going to really work. That doesn't mean that some of the stuff you see doesn't work. It's just, you know, flipping backwards and all the fun stuff is not really for reality. Reality is, man, someone's trying to take my life and I've got to be able to defend it. But without it, without the movies and everything else, what would we have? You know, what would we have? Once choreographed a lot and then there's reality 
And so a mixture of the two is what will help you become more of a, if you want to call it lack of term master in the martial arts and master, as far as that goes is really, there's no magic formula for a master to be called a master. What it really is, is he's worked a long time and he's had a lot of experience. And over the years, you get this rank. There's no magic techniques at master. You're just really, really good at basics. Would you say that having that experience and having that title do help with opening up a reputable school? Well, I think anybody can open a school because, believe it or not, you know, martial arts isn't really regulated. I think that when you when people can open up schools and those that really have strong programs will stick around. I've been around now for 36 years in my in my community. I've seen martial arts schools come and go. And, you know, when you're there and you have and you're molding young people's lives and to be leaders, and it's a tool, the tool is the martial arts, because if they can have confidence in themselves that they can take care of themselves and they walk with their head high and their shoulders back, that's what really helps, uh, you know, accumulate an instructor. Anybody that goes to take lessons, I say, you need to see if you gel well with the instructor. They don't have to have necessarily a master's title. It's nice because they have a lot more experience but if they have a genuine concern on can they make the students better in life using the martial arts, that's really what a martial arts instructor is. What has been the key contributing factor that has allowed you to open multiple schools across the U.S.? What's made me so successful is, well, believe it or not, I, I have always been a student, so I never got to a point where that's why the master's title is always so hard for me to hear because I'm a master in one art or another, uh, and I've always learned other arts. So I went through Hapkido, and I went through Tong Sudo, and I right now I'm training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where I'm a, I'm a brown belt in that, and it's humbling. Because even though I, I might master a rank of an art over here or have the title, on the same day, I'm getting tapped out by somebody doing jujitsu. So it's always hard to hear, you know, the master title. But how I survived is with a student's mentality. Because when you have a student's mentality, you, have, you never stop learning. You just don't. And then you take all this knowledge and you keep pouring in. So what started as a singular art, I taught Tong Sudo, which is the Chuck Norris system. Then it branched out that I went into Hapkido. Now, and, and then Krav Maga, then Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now I've studied all this and I'm able to bring all my experiences into the classroom to make my students even better than they were 20 years ago. So really it's, it's the forever student mindset is what really makes you outside of never quitting. If you have a quitter's mindset, you're going to quit everything. Right? You know, what I mean? you have to go for it, just like you do on the mat. Or if I'm doing a jujitsu and I'm on the mat and somebody's trying to choke you out, you've either got to find a way out or you got to tap out. And if you tap out, you have to reset and say, "Okay, where? What did I learn from my mistakes?" There. See, the mat and life are the same thing. 
And that's how I became so successful. Like that. Don't be a quitter. There are so many variations of martial arts, but which one would you choose to defend yourself out on the streets? That's a, it's a good, that's a really good question, Jerry, on what, what I feel would be the best. Why did I learn all these other arts? I felt like there were some weaknesses in my very first art that I did in the traditional karate style. I felt the self-defense was, was weak. I went to Hapkido, but still Hapkido, I felt, yeah, the joint locks and all the stuff was really cool, but how hard is it to really do that on somebody that doesn't want to be compliant? And then I learned Krav Maga, which is really not self-defense. It's more self-offense, right? Wow. It's like, you touch me and we're gonna, and I'm going to finish this. And so that, I think, is the art where when it comes to reality-based self-defense, where somebody pulls a gun on you, or a knife, or a stick, or an axe, or anything that way, it's going to give you uh, the tools to defend yourself from a violent encounter. But then I also think that part of Krav Maga is having uh, jujitsu, but I think the combination of both, somebody that has some good skills on the ground and somebody that has the skills of, of having a violent thing like Krav Maga, is a great mesh in order to be a more well-rounded um, self-defense practitioner. But Karak Maga is a new style of fighting, right? It's not as ancient as uh, Kung Fu or Jiu-Jitsu or, or martial arts. Right. No, not at all. You know, Krav Maga kind of came about uh, in the Israeli Special Forces. That's where it came about from a, a, uh, a man named Emi Lech Lechtenfeld. And he started that back in the 50s. And it kind of rolled in uh, to the United States with a gentleman called Darren Levine in the, in the very early 80s. So it does have a newer onset, but built for the military and then made for, uh, you know, uh, for the average person. Would you say that Karab Maga is something that you would use to defend yourself? Or is it some kind of style that is used for a counteroffensive? Well, I think that when you say that, I think any art is a lethal martial arts. Any art is a lethal martial arts. Believe it or not, you know, we it's not the art, right? Whether we're stabbing somebody to the throat with our fingers or we are choking somebody or somebody's trying to attack us and we use Krav Maga and we hit him in the groin and and take him down to the ground. And if they pull a gun on this, we take their gun. It's not the it's it's not the martial arts. I think all martial arts has a little bit of violence attached to it. It's the practitioner. Do you have the where for all not to use it unless you absolutely have to? See, self-control is what's needed. It's not about the art. It's about the person. You know what I'm saying? If you were to teach your students a different mentality other than not being a quitter and having self-control, what would it be? How can you acquire self-control? How can you not be a quitter? How could you put your martial arts school and leadership skill to the business world? Excellent, excellent question, Jerry. So I tell my students the same thing on this. Like I said, Matt and life are the same thing. 
So let's take the art of jujitsu for a second and we look at what it looks like to be on the mat and take it into the business world. See, when you're in jujitsu, it's you and somebody else. They're trying to tap you out. They're trying to choke you. They're trying to arm bar you. They're trying to uh, finish you. And like in business or the this, you have to find a way out. You have to get on the offense. See, if you're defending all the time or you're defending yourself, whether it's business or on the mat, you're losing. If you're defending, you're losing. You got to get on the offense. And when you get on the offense, that's how you, and then you never accept anything. So if somebody's trying to take me down, I don't accept it. If they're trying to choke me out, I don't accept it. I figure a way out. I find a way out. Right? So it correlates with business just as well. If somebody's telling me what I can't do in business, I'm going to figure a way to do it. If one way doesn't work, I don't just put, hang it up and quit. I have some kind of mentality of not quitting and okay this one didn't work i'm gonna go down this avenue now all right uh, or i'm gonna go down this avenue which eventually will set up this avenue and so it's just a it's it's like a game of chess right in the game of chess and in the game in business so you have offense and defense pieces right but sometimes they're both right we make a move on offense which is actually protecting our king so now it's an offense and defensive move at the same time it's the same way in business. We have to play chess in business so we can anticipate what's coming and we can anticipate our moves where to go. And so the mat and the business are exactly the same. Have, as far as self-control goes, having self-control, right. Isn't that true? You need that in business too. If you are a customer service-based business and they're harping on you and down deep in my mind, you're like, man, my students don't talk to me this way on the mat. But this is not the mat. So I have to exercise grace. There's a lot of talk that goes on, but if it's not physical, that's what it is. We don't know. Somebody had a bad day. Maybe somebody's family had cancer that day uh, or diagnosed, and they don't. we don't know about this. Maybe that's what did it. What is it in their life that has put them in this mode? Because they're not like that 24-7. And that's really where character building comes into play. So in summary, it's the best defense is offense and having some control, meaning being more empathetic to the other person that you are serving. Absolutely. So like it's like anything else. Now, uh, am I empathetic to the guy that's across from me trying to do damage? Well, if we're kind of the same rank, you know, we we're 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 at war there a little bit. But if I got somebody that's not quite as skilled as my what good is it that I just make a fool out of them on the mat unless they're acting a fool? See, if they're not humble, they need to get humbled. But if they're humble, you need to be humble and you need to let people work. You need to let them work their weaknesses so that they can be strong in the, in the long run. And that's, that's kind of how I see life and business. You have to have empathy or people can't grow. Without empathy, there's no growth, right? With no growth, there's nothing but quit. If you had to say one thing to a beginner or someone that wants to try out martial arts but doesn't have the courage to do it, what would you tell him or her? Well, I have this question come up to me a lot, right? I have a lot of parents that sit and watch and really they want to try. So what I try and tell everybody is this. You don't know how good you are 
until you know how good you are. And you can't really do that by watching. And I use the analogy of swimming. We can think that we're the best swimmer and we can read a lot of books on swimming. And we have all this knowledge because we've been watching it. But when you jump in the water and you've never done it, are you swimming or drowning? You can have all the books that you read, but you need to have the experience of it. And the only way to get experience is to get past fear. And when you get past the fear, you realize, wow, that's really not as bad as I thought it was. And then that opens up your mind that, wow, I can do this and I can move forward. So I hear this quite often, all the time, but that would be my analogy on how I, t I talk to people about it. So I think we can say that if you take your first step across the first doorway, the rest should come smoothly. Absolutely, because nothing happens overnight. You'll learn something, then all of a sudden, maybe months down the road, something's going to click and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I made that so much more difficult than it had to be. That was so easy uh, once, you, once it kind of clicks. It's like a puzzle. You know, the pieces, some pieces are easily fit together. And then all of a sudden you're having complications because you can't find which one goes here. Then all of a sudden you find one here one day or here one day. And so it's like a, it's like a puzzle. But the puzzle never gets made if you're not putting the pieces where they need to be. And the only way to do that isn't by watching, it's by doing. And I think that's the same thing in life and that's the same thing in business. Stop talking about it and start being about it. You know what I mean? Right. I really like that. Stop talking about it and start being it. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time on the show today. It is an absolute privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much, yeah. Mark. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. I'll make sure I share out your show. You're doing a great job. Proud of you, man. Thank you for having me.